0: Welcome to Stories Podcast. I'm your host Amanda Weldon. Today we're welcoming back our friends for another installment of our game Starsworn.
1: Hey, I'm Daniel Hines, your storyteller along with Amanda Weldon, and I'm sitting here with my friends Nate Auger.
2: As Max Goodname, the Human Knight, I'm excellent at making friends. I can't stand injustice. Wallace Q. Wallace is my best friend. My downfall is acting before thinking. I dream of being a hero of the realm, and I once won the King's Tournament.
3: Hi, I'm Kelsey Lee. I am Corley, the elf cleric. I'm excellent at healing in wards. Max is my heart song. I stand out because of my kind spirit. My downfall is I'm easily spooked. I dream of peace, harmony, and wellness for all, and I once calmed an angry crowd. Plop. Peep. 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 Peep.
2: You got that right, buddy.
4: Anyway, I'm Wallace Q. Wallace, wizard at large and master of illusions. I am a human wizard. I'm excellent at casting spells. My downfall is I can be convinced to follow bad ideas. I can't stand bullies. My best friend is Max Goodname. I dream of developing my own defensive spells, and I once stopped a charging whale
0: with new magic. So brave.
1: So brave. And now to Amanda for our intro.
0: Today we're playing part two of chapter three of our story. If you'd like to play your own story, chapters one, two, and three are available at storiesrpg.com. Chapter 1 and all the rules have everything you need to get started on your own games and are totally free. The chapters available for download have you making your own characters in the world of Star Sworn and run alongside Max Goodname's adventure. They're fully written and ready to play at home with your family. We've done all the work for you to just print and go. You can head to storiesrpg.com and let us know what you think. Now enjoy Starsworn Chapter 3, Part 2.
1: So when we last left our heroes, you had just entered the Grand Library under the watchful eye of Dr. Rana, the Frosker Librarian, and he has guided you to check out these readels. They are living books that kind of grow from and with the tree. The longer they spend in this kind of magic library that towers above you, the more they grow, they can sprout new pages with new information, and the magic sort of grows with them. That being said, you are looking for a readel on the City of Bastion. It has iridescent covers and a habit of flying around the library. And as you look, there are dozens, if not a hundred or so books flying around. Others are crawling or slithering or thumping about. And it's just sort of a kind of chaotic, beautiful mess in here. And it is up to you guys to find the right book and coax it to give you the information inside. How would you like to start?
3: Well, I think our first step would be to locate the book we need.
4: Yeah, I feel like we need to see like what
3: its character is to know what it would be
4: attracted to.
3: Oh, that's a great idea.
1: All right, who wants to take a look and how are you going to do it?
4: Well, I feel like the guy said, that the one we're looking for, I remember he said it was iridescent and I remember he said it was like flap. that it maybe it was like bird-like, that it flies. So like, I don't know, Max, you want to try to climb up a little higher?
2: Yeah, sure, I'll start climbing up. Well, there's this tree, right? There's a big tree in the middle?
1: Basically, you're in the kind of a giant hollow trees. There's other trees twisting up and around. There's ivy and flower blooms. There's thickets. There's kind of good areas and bad areas. There's books that are growing and books that are resting on natural shelves. There's bits of masonry and old castle walls all through it. And it is probably 300 feet high.
2: All right. Well, I'll start climbing the castle walls. I think the... Corley as a bear probably makes the most sense for climbing the tree section.
3: Um, I could. Um, I just wonder if I might want to save my my mighty bear strength as a full grown grizzly for something a little more. You can turn oh, dangerous. into a bear whenever you want. Yeah,
2: your power you can use all it's- the time. It's, oh,
3: it's with my passion that I yeah. can only use once. Yeah. My mistake. I didn't yep. know I could always be a bear.
1: So as a star you have your power, which is just part of you now. Because of the star sign, the constellation that you have, you can just tap into that power. And your passion is when you actually kind of exert yourself and kind of push yourself beyond that. And that you can do kind of once a game.
3: Um, sure. I would love to turn into a bear and climb this tree and look for my uh, book of honey.
1: <laughs> what does it look like when you turn into a bear, Corley?
3: Um, I look like a beautiful, full-grown grizzly covered in beautiful, sparkly stars. It's really great. A bear nightlight, but giant.
1: Oh, wonderful. Okay, so you make this transformation. Your body kind of flows into this big bear shape, taking on this sheen of the stars. And now you're going to try to climb up this tree.
3: Do I need to roll for climbing?
1: I think as a bear, you can climb a tree pretty good. Yeah. So you can get up there and then you can try to spot this book you're looking for.
3: Okay. Um, so I'm climbing the tree and I'm looking around. I'm up very high, Max. And um, Wallace are very, very small now.
2: You're doing great.
3: Can't hear you because I'm up too high.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: you're going to say it louder, yeah. Uh,
3: you're doing great. Uh, I. I throw my voice with an illusion and I say, you're doing very good. (laughs) It gives me the motivation I need to leap from one tree to the other where I get a good glimpse of something very shiny.
1: Oh, okay. So why don't you give me a roll on your looking around so you can get one for being a bear up high.
3: Can I have one for being an elf cleric?
1: Sure. Yeah, you are related to the lore mothers in this game. We know the lore mothers kind of house the books and the stories. So you'd be familiar with books and their shapes. So that's two dice.
3: I got a five and a
1: four. So five and a four is a, you take the highest, that's the five, and that is a mixed success there. So with the five, you spot the book you're looking for. You see it is iridescent. It is flapping. It resembles almost like a dragonfly, this riddle, But unfortunately, it is out of reach. It is beneath you a little bit and kind of floating in the middle of the room.
3: Okay. Well, I am going to need some help from my friends.
1: Yep, so you can kind of growl and point it out, and Wallace and Max, do you guys see? Now that she's kind of pointed it out, you can see it flashing among all the other Riedels in the tree library.
2: Can you levitate me up?
4: Uh, I can't reach. Okay. Yeah, Max, I can uh, go ahead and levitate you right up there. You can just snatch it, and we'll levitate you up. Thanks, buddy. Actually, maybe I could do like an illusion of something that the book might like that you're holding. Well, it would have... Book that, like, like a uh, a bookmark. The things that we're not dog the pages.
1: So, Doctor Rana overhears you guys talking, and he kind of edges over.
0: Well, yes, that riddle is one that particularly likes uh, sweet things. It has kind of a sweet tooth, or you know, a, a sweet page, as it were. So, <laughs> something that you might, uh, maybe, something like nectar or a juice of some kind would be helpful
2: you going to turn me into a pitcher of juice?
4: I was... Oh, you want to be like a big, big flower I was Thinking maybe you just look like you were holding flowers, but I can make you look like a big flower. Yeah. That's pretty cool. All right, cool. Big flower max. All right. I'm pick, I got it. I got it. I got it. Ready? Go.
1: This is going to be two rolls. One to lift him and one to make him look like a flower.
4: All right. Uh, I'm Wallace Q. Wallace, human wizard. So that's one. Excellent at casting spells. That's two. And my best friend is Max Goodname, so that should help lift it.
1: Definitely. That's a three die right there.
4: All right. So the highest thing I was a five, so that should be mixed.
1: Yep. So Max, you are start to float up, but you kind of bob back and forth nope. like a leaf kind of falling from a tree. It's not exactly a steady ride, but you are going up kind of swinging back and forth. Oh, oh.
2: Oh, all right. I think I can keep this steady.
4: That might actually be good for a flower. I did that on purpose.
2: Well, I'm not a flower yet.
4: Okay, so, again, human wizard, excellent at casting spells, and,
1: uh, You're my buddy.
4: I guess, does Max being my friend make me better at making him into a flower? Probably.
1: Not on this one, so that's two, but Just I two. will give you a third because you got the information from Dr. Rana there.
4: Okay, great. Thanks, Doc. Again, this time I make success because the highest was a four.
1: All right, so you start to make Max look like a flower, but it doesn't quite take, it kind of comes in patchy. The higher he gets, you have trouble maintaining it as he bobs back and forth. And Max, as you get up higher, a group of books that resemble bees, striped black and yellow with little stingers on their spines start to swarm around you and they uh, look like they're coming in to sting. What do you want to do?
2: What I'm going to do is I'm going to put on my magic armor so that I don't get stung in the face.
1: Okay, so your magic armor comes up and these bees start cling, clang, clung. You guys hear them clanging off you. Anybody can do a better cling, clang noise? Ding. That's a good one. Anybody else? Tink,
0: ding ding
1: tink. Yep. So all of those sounds happen as these bees sting into Max in your armored form. And you see this other book is still just above you. The riddle you're looking for is flapping just out of reach. Corley, you are above. You are still a bear. Can I hear your bear voice? all right so corley you see max kind of getting harassed by these bees and his the book is out of his reach is there anything you want to try to do
3: um i think that i should now that i'm up in this tree and i'm pretty safe and there's a nice safe place for me to sit and rest i think i'm gonna take get out of my bear form
1: you turn back into your elven form and now what would you like to do now that you are back as an elven cleric
3: I think I'd like to sing a lullaby to help that book go to sleep, maybe weigh it down so Max can get to it, catch it out of its slumber.
1: That sounds great. So what do you want to roll for that out of your story Out of your text?
3: I'm an elf cleric. That's one. I'm excellent at healing and wards. I think that would count as a second. And Max is my heart song, so I want to help him.
1: Excellent. Okay.
3: Um, I got a six.
1: You got a six. So your highest is a six. That is a success. You sing this lullaby spell and we'll just hear a little bit of that.
5: Lay your head down, little wanderer, you've seen your share today. You've kissed strange roots with muddy boots in the wild's rare array. And tonight your dreams will be of soaring through the air, blue jay. So sleep tight, my little wanderer, you've seen your share
1: today. So, as your voice kind of takes form and flows as a silver mist around the book, you see the book starts to, the wings beat a little softer, the shine gets a little dimmer, and it starts to slowly spiral lower and lower until Max and you're kind of bobbing back and forth, you snatch it out through the stinger of the bees. Here, Riddle, 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 here, Riddle, Riddle, come here. Ha! Got it.
4: Nice. Nice one, Max. Thanks. Oh, excellent!
1: So Max has the book. Everybody's kind of congratulating him. And but Max, you are still bobbing a couple hundred feet in the air, surrounded by these angry reedle bees. Wallace, you're the one levitating. And what do you want to do?
4: I'm trying to think what what a bee is not like. Like maybe just turn him to something boring for a bee, like a rock, or or what about like a body, like a water thing. Like maybe he looks like a pond. They they don't like water or a rain cloud.
1: Yeah, you can give it a try. All right, all right. I'm turning Max into a rain cloud. It didn't work for Winnie the Pooh, but maybe this will go better. But he,
4: this, but I'm going to nail this one. Winnie the Pooh was... <laughs> I don't feel like he was on his stuff on that day. Uh, all right, let's see it. All right, I am human wizard. That's one. Casting spells, very good at it. That's two. Max, he's my best friend. That's three.
1: All right, let's see how you can do for Max here.
4: I'm doing it for you, buddy. That is a mixed success. Highest is a five.
1: So with a five... You do, you make them look like a swampy pond there, and the bees kind of fly away. But while you're focusing on that, you kind of lose the levitation a bit, and Max starts to plummet towards the ground.
3: Uh... Oh no, my heart song! I'd like to cast a ward to protect Max.
1: Okay, go ahead. What are you going to roll for that?
3: Well, I'm going to roll, I'm an elf cleric, so that should be at least one dice. That's one. I am excellent at healing and wards. That's two. And Max is my heart song. Oh, he
1: is your heart song. Go ahead, you roll three.
3: Um, I got two fives and a three.
1: So you take the highest, so that'll be a five. Max, you are cushioned and you are falling slowly. So between all of that, you land hard, and you land on the Riedel you wanted a little bit. You're okay, but the book, the Riedel, is in kind of a bad mood now, and it's kind of buzzing in your hand.
2: Ooh, sorry about that, Riedel. I secured you, but nobody secured me. I, I start petting him nicely.
1: I- it's kind of It seems a little standoffish to you. I give it a hug. It is kind of vibrating, angry in your arms. I ask it what it wants. What do you want?
3: I Once Calmed an Angry Crowd, maybe I could help the book. Sure, go ahead. Um, well, I'm going to roll for Elf Cleric. I'm going to roll for um, Peace, Harmony, and Wellness because I want this book to feel peaceful and well. And I'm going to roll for I Once Calmed an Angry Crowd. Um, I am still up on my tree, up very high. Watching from above. Um, I got two fours and a one.
1: So from way up there, the book can't quite hear you and it starts to flap around max, kind of kind of knocking him around the head and shoulders. He's still in his armor, and this one doesn't have a stinger, but uh, you're kind of ineffectual up in the tree. You'll have to get down and try something else.
3: Okay, I turn back into a bear um, because that's my um, star power. Yep. I climb down the tree. I move pretty quick because I'm worried about Max, obviously. So when I get down, I'd like to um, try again.
1: Well, when you get close, the, the Riedel sees you in this bear form, and it kind of cowers back into Max's arms.
3: I turn back into an elf um, so that I can speak to Max and um, Wallace. Okay. Did you already apologize to the book?
2: Oh, that's a good idea. All right. So I start stroking the spine of the book, and I go, I'm sorry. I really didn't mean to scare you or fall on you. I I really didn't mean to fall myself. Uh, I I can understand how that probably hurt, Um, but we're going to take good care of you now.
1: Oh, the Rito makes a little buzzing noise and it um, kind of wiggles uh, wiggles a little bit and it opens its cover for you. Oh.
3: We cheer.
5: Yay!
3: Yay!
2: And there was much rejoicing.
1: So now you start flipping through this book. You see all these ancient stories about Bastion and there's a lot of different things, you know, rulers and kings, kind of wayward princes and captured princesses and all these different stuff. But um, it all kind of dances around the central story that there is something valuable underneath the city. And you get to the end of these newly grown pages. They have like the fresh spring green of a new grown grass. You can tell they are pretty recent additions to this book. Hmm,
2: I don't know what about this book is making me hungry, a little thirsty. Could go for some soup.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Grass soup, boy.
1: Max, you're reminded of this beautiful grass soup. So these last couple of new pages, these green spring girls, it seems like they're stuck together and the book almost seems a little um, reluctant to open these last couple pages.
3: Okay, well, I, um, I know a lot about flowers, guys. <laughs> you do? Yeah. And I studied plants under the lore mother. I recognize this shade of green from the seedlings we used to study. They have a special kind of sap, very sticky, but they're kind of a strange thing. They're actually like... A creature, and the way you can get them to be unsticky is um, to make them laugh. Uh, Does anyone know a good joke? Uh, yes. <laughs> um, oh, if only one of us knew a good joke.
2: Oh no, we're never going to be able to get this sap off.
4: <laughs> All right. So this, so this moth <laughs> flies into a live a library, <laughs> and it says, "I need a large pizza." With a sausage all over it, and I need a thing of nachos, and I need extra French fries, and the guy behind the checkout desk says, "Well, why did you come into the library?" And the moth says, "Because the light was on." <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> no. Oh, the book does, does it work?
1: <laughs> the book wiggles a little bit, but it's not quite sure. Not
4: good about that.
3: Yeah.
2: It was. Oh yeah, yeah, roll. roll to see if it was a good joke
3: <laughs> it was funny. Yeah, roll to see if it was funny She got a one That
2: <laughs> <laughs> was, was a two Fine I think it was close, yeah. Do
5: you have any jokes?
2: Um, Alright, settling What's brown and sticky?
1: It wiggles in your hands A stick <laughs> Ooh. It likes that one a little more The pages ruffle but it doesn't quite open You need one more good joke
3: Okay, I'll try why are libraries so tall? Because it has so many stories. What a great joke! a joke. Oh my gosh!
1: Oh, I like that one. It kind of buzzes, and the pages unfurl for maybe the first time in centuries. So, uh, so uh, these books kind of grow, and the pages fall away like the autumn, and then they kind of come again like the spring. And you had a feeling that these ones haven't grown for a long time, and now for the first time in a long time, they spring open, and inside. You see, uh, it's a pictures and a little description of deep under the city of Bastion. What it is guarding is an ancient piece of astrotech machinery, which is machinery powered by the magic of the stars.
2: Okay, okay so we so have the book. We know that What's that thing called it's... again?
3: Astro what?
4: Astrotech. Uh, it seems like it could be really dangerous if this tech that's powered by stars ends up in the wrong hands with, with a bunch of stars
3: sworn. Wallace is right, but this could be pretty dangerous for us, too.
2: I think we can handle it. Now let's go get that airship.
1: So as you leave the library, you speak to the king and tell him what you found, and he agrees that it definitely bears a media investigation. So armed with this new knowledge, you go to find Lady Bronswin, who is going to give you access to one of her airships.
0: You find Lady Bronswin in the shipyard. Most of the airships have been moved for the nearby regatta event, but she stands before one hovering just above the ground. These are the jewels of the conservatory, what helped me build astrotech industries. Trade is difficult over land. Now the power of starlight allows us to travel great distances across both land and water. The trick, of course, is a proprietary secret, something my many rivals and other nations would love to know, but at present my invention is ours alone. To ask for access is to ask me for deep and abiding trust. The airship is surprisingly graceful, a work of curving wooden beams and shiny brass. It's also spacious. You wander through a communal kitchen, complete with a huge set of gas-powered burners, a series of staterooms, and onto the deck, open to the sky, with only the huge sails above to protect from wind, rain, and sun. The wheel is the kind from a kid's fantasy an enormous spoked captain's wheel that looks designed to be spun with dramatic flair and the wind in your hair. Lady Bronswin points out how the wheel controls the wings and sails to guide the ship through the air, and a massive lever beside the wheel controls the acceleration. "'I've got to go and launch the regatta,' she says. "'It'll be quite an event. You all wait here on the ship until I get back. I'll help you launch, and then you can be on your way.' A long rope is dropped from a ship hovering high above. She puts her foot into a loop at the end and is pulled up and away as the ship heads towards the central grounds of the conservatory.
1: And you all find yourself on an airship. It's not the biggest in the fleet, but as she said, it is beautiful. It looks like an old sailing galleon with these broad sails spread above and kind of a sleek form, portholes down the sides, all brass fittings. And what would you guys like to do while you wait for Lady Bronzwin?
4: I'd like to explore the ship. I'll just I'll walk around with Corley. I feel like we, you know, just bonding time. Peep 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 peep.
1: Peepers with you, Corley and Max.
2: I'm gonna stand at the wheel and just practice steering. <laughs> so Max stands at the wheel
1: kind of just wiggling it back and forth like a kid pretending to drive
2: And I'm not going to pull any of these levers
1: You don't pull any levers, but as you guys are standing there The
0: deck suddenly shudders and lurches You almost lose your footing Lady Bronzman's voice comes over a speaker Wait, did one of you touch something?
2: That wasn't me, I swear
0: You rush to the edge to find the ground falling away Bronzewind's voice comes again. Someone's been touching my tech. You're airborne.
1: Oops. Was that me? So the ship is starting to take off. You are drifting high into the air, the conservatory falling away beneath you. What would you like to do?
3: Cry.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm scared. Um.
3: Instead of crying, I'm going to try to find some bravery and make sure that Peeper and Wallace are okay before going up on deck to find Max. I'm good, Carly. Are you good? I'm okay, I think.
4: Let's go find Max.
2: I'm going to try to steady this ship a little bit in case what happened was my fault.
1: So, Max, you kind of start to steady it, trying to turn the wheel, and you do have control of the ship, but it is floating upwards against your commands.
2: How do I get this to float down?
1: You hear Lady Bronzlin's voice start to kind of break into static. She says, all you have to do is... As you get too far away for her communication spell to work anymore.
2: Wait, I missed that last part. Say it again.
1: And the speaker remains silent. Say it again. (laughs) And from behind you, you hear a new voice. The ship is now the property of the Radiant Lord. I advise you to disembark before I have to disembark you by force. And you turn and you see the beautiful elf Velvet, the thief and spy from the Iron Penance.
2: Oh that scary
4: slick lady. Yeah.
2: Interessante All right. So I turn around to face her.
1: She says, Oh, I remember you. Um unfortunately, uh, you're no longer welcome aboard this ship. So if you could just, you know, get on off now and well, I'll be fine.
2: Well, I'm sorry. This is what we're here to be doing. Uh if you want me off this ship, you're gonna have to forcefully remove me.
1: She draws two of these long, slender knives from her hips. And she says, I don't want to hurt you, but I will. And I'm very good at it.
2: Well, I'd like to see you try. And I turn on my um, full body shield.
1: And she charges you the knives, scream against your steel. And that's what you guys hear from below deck is the clashing of metal on metal above.
4: <gasps> we run.
1: You guys run and you find that Velvet has closed... And barred the door to the deck. So you, we you push on it and it is locked from above.
3: Wallace, we have to do something to get through this door. I decide to go full Mother Bear, and I like to use my passion power.
1: Okay, so you have your star power, which is turning into a bear, and you have your passion which lets you raise the success of a roll. So the good thing is you don't have to use that until after you roll. So first you morph into this giant starry bear, Corley, and you view the um, thick wood bounded with this brass and this heavy iron lock above you, and you are going to use your strength to try to crash through.
3: Okay, so I think um, I can roll I can roll for being a bear?
1: Yes, definitely. Okay,
3: can I roll, um, because Max is my heart song? Absolutely. And... Um, I'm wondering if I can roll because I once calmed an angry crowd.
1: Not for an angry crowd. So why don't you take two, but you do have your passion if you don't succeed.
3: Um, I did get a five.
1: So you got a five. So that is a mixed success. But if you use your passion, you can raise that. Because what does your passion say?
3: Um, I can raise a roll to protect somebody that I love. So I would like to raise my roll to protect Max.
1: So, you raise that from a five to a six. And again, if that was a four or a five, you could raise it to a six because you kind of go one level up. So, you raise it to a six out of success. Max, as velvet's long daggers scrape across the steel of your skin and you cast about for a weapon, you hear a tremendous roar. Corley, let's hear that roar.
2: Uh.
1: Tremendouser. Roar! And you burst through the locked thing, wood splinters go flying, and Velvet turns wide-eyed as a giant, towering, starry bear lumbers onto the deck, giant paws smashing the planks. And she raises these two long knives she has, and she backs away from Max.
3: Oh my goodness. I see her, and I use my bear strength to seize the weapons that she's holding.
1: So you lumber forward these giant paws and you swipe down on her hands and she is going to try to move away. She has this deftness to her. She's very adroit, very dexterous, but you are a giant bear with the power of the stars inside you. So give me a roll. How many? Well, let's look at the lines of your story. Definitely you have one for your star power. Okay. You have one for Max being your friend there. Mm
3: Mm-hmm. Um, my kind spirit, I think, because I'm not trying to um, hurt her. I'm trying to make sure she doesn't hurt somebody else. Oh,
1: I don't think that qualifies in this one. Let's take two and go.
3: Uh, as Coralie's
4: trying to back her up, I'm going to try to swing around behind her while she's distracted and, and sort of get in position to freeze her when I get the chance.
1: Okay. So Coralie, give me your roll.
3: Um, I got a six.
1: So Corley with a six, you lift these big paws and they crash down. And one of these long knives, these daggers goes skidding across the deck. And then your other paw whips across and she dodges back, but not quite fast enough. And you slap her other hand and she can't help but let the dagger go flying. And it sails over the gunwale and off the ship into the distance. And suddenly she's standing there empty handed. Velvet looks at you wide eyed, her hands trembling and a little trickle of blood from the slashes. You managed not to hurt her bad, but just from trying to hold on to her knives. And she backs away from the two of you now, trying to get space between Max and you and herself. And she kind of fishes in her person and pulls out another singular long knife. And she says, let's, let's stop here. Let's stop here. You don't need to get involved. I'm taking this ship for the Radiant, and I'm bringing it back to Bastion.
4: I... Right. Wallace is behind her and I use my star power and try to touch her in the back and freeze her. So I don't think I need to, do I need to roll for that?
1: Nope. So she is okay. distracted enough that Wallace, you lay your hand on her and she freezes with your staring sentinel power. And she kind of, her eyes dart back and forth, but her body is unable to move.
4: All right. Um, I'm gonna uh, disarm her uh, and, and grab her bag and make sure she doesn't have any more weapons.
1: So you freeze her and you start to kind of frisk her. You're pulling um, to see if she has any more weapons. You pull the long dagger out of her hand. You go through and you find another dagger, another knife in her boot. She has another long knife hanging down the back of her neck on a necklace. She has another in her other boot. She has three more tucked into her waistband. And she has another dozen hidden across braces on her chest. How many knives do you have? And she looks like she wants to reply, but she is still frozen solid. But at the end, you have a small pile of knives, some as big as daggers, others just little tiny things, some looking razor sharp, others that may be glistening with some kind of poison. And you have a pile of these knives from Velvet.
3: Um, okay, so she had tons of knives. Now we have the knives in a pile on an airship. We don't know how to fly. Um, yeah. Kay.
2: Was she disrupting the... The ability to make the plane work, or just the telecommunication between the plane and headquarters.
1: It is an airship, and um, you don't know because she cannot speak right now. You could tie her up, and you could talk to her.
2: I want to just keep talking at her and being like, "Why aren't you answering me?"
1: Yep, you keep doing that, and her eyes get angrier and angrier, but nothing else is able to move. Uh, let's get. Meanwhile, a lo- the airship is drifting. The conservatory yeah. is in the distance now and you are floating high into the wisps of the clouds.
2: She's a stone wall. There's no breaking
1: this.
4: All right, let's get a look at the controls and see if there's any navigation here that we can use to help us get to the bastion.
1: You guys go below deck, and after uh, looking kind of through the rooms you've already seen, you you come upon the astrotech room where there is a big kind of gemstone-looking thing connected to all this different machinery glowing with the power of the stars. And you're going to have to roll if you want to try to figure it out, see what you know.
4: All right. Uh,
1: yeah, Wallace, you're probably the most qualified for that.
4: I'm a wizard, so it's magic, so that's one thing. Yep. Uh, two is um, I can be convinced to follow bad ideas.
1: <laughs> probably just one, because this is all brand new to you, so probably just that you're a wizard you kind of have a, some idea about magic.
4: All right, that's all I got. But I'm telling you, once I stopped a charging wheel with new magic that was not that familiar to me. <laughs> five.
2: You can raise that, too, if you wanted to. Oh,
4: yeah. Okay. I'll range it. I have. Oh, no. But someone has to be being nice to me yeah, or kind hard. or loving. That doesn't really apply here.
2: I think you did a really good job trying <laughs> to too, open that me door.
1: Me, too. Uh, 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 we're not going to count uh, that. You will take the five, and you can tell that somebody has tampered with this. It is not working as intended.
4: That's not very kind and loving at all.
1: No, it's not. You could tell that um, that's why the controls above that Max were using weren't exactly responding correctly.
4: Now, just a hunch, but my guess is that if we don't do anything, this thing is going to end up in Bastion anyway, because that's what the uh, elf said. Velvet. That's what Velvet said.
1: Um, You think that, but um, up on deck, Max, you could see that you were kind of going up and down, up and down, Sort of, it seems a little aimless, and there are mountains now, craggy peaks looming in front of you that the ship does not seem to be going out of its way to avoid.
2: And the wheel is non-responsive?
1: Currently non-responsive, just like Velvet. Mm. All
4: right, I guess, do you want to try to... Let's just try Velvet up and question her.
1: All right, you guys tie Velvet to the central mast. Um, there's plenty of rope on the ship, and after she is tied... You unfreeze her, and she immediately starts to struggle and pull at the rope, but she is caught fast. She kind of glares at you and says, you won't get away with this.
4: So we be just happy as can be to bring you back to where you wanted to go, Bastion. Just uh, help us navigate you right on over to where you're intended to end up here.
2: Yeah, because right now you're on the same ship as us, and this ship's about to hit some mountains. So I'm sure you don't want to hit the mountains just like we don't want to hit the mountains.
4: We are just friendly folk here to help you achieve your dreams.
1: (laughs) She says, my employers don't pay me to bring strays home. Listen, the only way that I'm doing anything for you is if you pay me more than the Radiant.
2: How much are they paying?
1: Well, let's say it's a uh, fortune in gold. Do you have a fortune in gold uh, on you there?
2: Hmm, no, I don't. No,
1: you don't look like you do. You guys hear the wind starts to rush, and the ship is picking up speed now. Now it's losing altitude, and the mountains are looming in front of you. And she kind of looks at them kind of uh, blandly and says, Oh, well, looks like we're going to crash if you guys don't you know, get this under control. I, I suppose I could uh, undo the sabotage I did, and you know, then you let me off the ship, and we call it a day. You take you take the ship. You let me go. Kind of wash our hands of each other.
2: I don't know. She doesn't seem very trustworthy. No, but she we are going to crash. Um, escape pods. Should we start looking for those?
1: Velvet lashes. <laughs> There's no escape pods. The only escape is steering the ship, which I could allow you to do. I mean, all you have to do is untie me. Let me uh, let me back into the astrotech. I'll undo what I did and and. Um, We'll say goodbye.
3: We can't trust her.
2: Yeah, we don't know if she's going to make it any worse. But also, if we hit this mountain, it doesn't matter.
3: I'm going to try to roll for um, a strong, long breeze in um, our favor.
1: Okay. Let's hear it.
3: Okay. So I'm an elf cleric. I'm excellent at healing and wards. And I think that might be it.
1: I think that's it. Let's see it. Okay.
3: Um, I got a two and a three.
1: Two and a three. You try to blow a breeze, and unfortunately, it comes from the wrong direction. You're a little flustered, and now you are careening towards this mountain, the wind plucking at your hair, and Velvet is laughing wildly.
2: Velvet, I don't know why you're laughing so hard. You're, you're coming down with us. Uh, why don't you just tell us how to do it? Because we don't trust you to do it.
1: She said, look, untie me, you can leave my legs tied, I'll I'll undo it, and then you let me go.
2: The easiest move is to just trust her that it's the only option that we're really, we have.
3: So I think we have to let her go. All right, let's just untie her, and I'll just stand behind her with with my freezing magic,
4: with my hand on her shoulder. I think
3: that's our best option at this point.
1: All right, so you untie her, and she says, any chance I can uh, have back a few of my favorite knives? No. No. Okay. Uh, she walks downstairs, Wallace. She lets you keep your hand on her shoulder the whole way. And when she gets down there, she kind of looks at the Astrotech and she flips a couple of these switches. She turns something, she ratchets something else. And all of a sudden the ship shudders and starts to back up in the air. It's kind of till and then it starts to careen wildly to one side. And she says, Uh, better get on the wheel there, Knight.
2: All right. Uh, 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 uh.
1: You can't, nobody can see you making a wheel motion. You're just grunting.
2: <laughs> All right. I start making wheel motions. No.
5: You're <laughs> to hide. You say I grab the wheel. <laughs> I grab the wheel
3: and start um, staring. I,
2: I've been at the wheel the whole time, and I so start moving So the wheel starts it. to
1: spin wildly in your hands, and you clutch it.
2: And I wildly spin it in the opposite direction.
1: And the sails creak and groan, and you start to pivot the other way. The stress on the ship is immense, but you start to turn away from the mountains. The ship is once more in your control. Even though you're not exactly great at flying it, you did get the kind of introductory lesson from Lady Bronswin. You avert the immediate disaster, and then Velvet looks at you, Wallace and Corley, and she says, all right, now um, I think you have to let me back up on deck, right?
3: Not so fast.
4: I thought she said she wanted to be set free. Like, what does that mean? Do you do you want to do? You, do you have a way of escaping this?
1: Sure, just bring me back up on deck.
4: All right, uh, we can walk her back on deck. I always keep my hand t- touching her the whole time.
1: Okay, she said, um, feet untie My feet. I'd appreciate that since I can't have a knife.
4: Well, I want to know what she's. Yeah, got, wh- what? What's is. your plan here? I'll tie your feet when you explain to me what your plan is and why why it involves needing your feet untied.
1: She says, it doesn't actually, just a little easier. I'm going to uh, jump overboard and I'm going to fly away. Oh. Wait, you can fly? In a manner of speaking.
3: I think we have to um, be true true to our word. That's what we agreed on. Okay.
1: So you guys untie your feet. And she says, um, well, it seems you guys got the better of me this time. And well, you know, that's on the radio, and He didn't tell me you all were star sworn. And now that we know that, I think uh, next time we meet, it might go a little differently. And she puts a hand on the gunwale and jumps over the side of the ship and kind of disappears in a ruffle of wind and you guys lose her in the clouds. Bye.
3: Oh, I'm glad that's over.
2: I hope we don't see her again.
3: Something's telling me we will.
2: I think it was her.
3: Mm. Max, put your hands on the wheel. Oh,
1: whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Max grabs the wheel again, again turns away from the mountains and now you guys are soaring. And with Wallace's kind of knowledge of geography and what he gleaned from the book, he is able to guide you with Max steering and Corley keeping a watch. You head off towards the city of Bastion, Corley's song echoing into the wind.
5: She's an able ship that the wind will whip and hurry through all the waves. And the seas will roil and rage and boil and hurry us all to our graves. But tall, tall the captain stands, the tiller in his fist. And small, small the distant lands the sun has scarcely kissed. And small, small the distant lands a shroud in memory's mist.
0: enjoyed hearing us play through this chapter of the stories role playing game. Remember, if you want to play along at home, chapters 1, 2, and 3, plus all the rules and everything you need to get started are available at storiesrpg.com. Then you can play and act out your own starsworn adventure with all your friends and family. New chapters will be coming monthly, available to download at storiesrpg.com. Special thanks to Nate, Emily, and Kelsey Lee our producer Andrew Martin, our friend Vince Vept who wrote all the original music in the episode, and Michael Lowe, the designer of the Starsworn game with Daniel Hines. Michael is a certified English teacher who runs online classes to help kids learn the joy of writing fiction by using storytelling games. If you'd like to hear your kids laugh, gasp in excitement, and write page after page of stories for the sheer joy of it, check out the classes on luckoflegends.com. Classes count for homeschooling credit and come with Common Core aligned feedback on your child's writing, speaking, and collaboration skills so you can help them keep growing as they play. And to check out all of Peps' music, head to youtube.com slash
1: V-I-N-D-S-V-E-P-T. Thanks for listening!